Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been making our way through the book of 1 Samuel. And I don't know about you, but it feels like a mini-series. As week after week, story builds upon story. It seems to get more intense. If you haven't been with us, you don't know that. But if you have, you know that. It seems to get more intense each week. If you've been with us, you know the people of Israel have been battling their longtime enemy, the Philistines, who as I told you, were a strong, brutal war machine. The Philistines have had the people of Israel under strong domination for years. In the middle of all this oppression, Israel wanted a king like the other nations. And God said, okay, you want a king? I'll give you what you asked for. If you were with us in chapter 8, you know. Chapter 8, verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Tell us this new king is going to Take. He's going to take your daughters, and he's going to take your fields, and take your vineyards, and take a tenth of your grain. He's going to take your male servants, and your female servants, and your young men. He's going to take, in verse 17 of chapter 8, a tenth of your sheep and your servants. And God was gracious enough to tell them in advance about this new king. God said, if you want a king, he's going to burden your family and your finances. Israel wanted a king like the other nations, and God gave them who, saints? Sound like only half of y'all knew that. God gave them who? Oh, thank you. That's better. As Saul comes forward as king, he seeks to lead Israel from under the oppression of the Philistines. God raised up an army of 3,000 men for Saul, 2,000 led by Saul, 1,000 led by Jonathan, who was Saul's son. God really used Jonathan as the Philistines were mocking God's people, and Jonathan got sick of it and said, enough is enough. Chapter 14, verse 6. It may be that the Lord, Jonathan said, will work. Look at verse 6 of chapter 14. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And We talked about the last time that God only needs one. Like Moses was one man, say amen. Like Elijah was one man, Gideon was one man, and David was one man, and Jesus was one man. And every one of these men changed history under the power of God. Chapter 14, verse 4 tells us, Jonathan and his armor bearer find a strategic location between two rocks, Bozes and Sina. And there between a rock and a hard place, verse 13, Jonathan, chapter 14. Come on, follow with me. Look at verse 13. Jonathan climbed on his knees and on his hands and the armor bearer behind him. Get the scene. And Jonathan took the sword 
They were in a battle with the Philistines, and Jonathan took the sword that was in his hands, and they're mopping up the floor with the Philistines. Jonathan is walking and whacking and stabbing them, and the armor bearer is behind him and finishing them off. And this attack on the Philistine caused the other Israelites to join the battle. Because as I told you last week, last time, actually, faith is contagious. Just like fear and unbelief and criticism is contagious. Faith is infectious and will cause others to trust God and be faithful. Fear is infectious and will drag other people down. When people are critical and doubtful, it affects others. Well, at this point, faith here in chapter 14, faith is gaining momentum in Israel. And it all started with two guys. And the Philistines are on the run. Now listen, now is the most critical time of the battle. Listen to me close. When an army is in retreat, the best thing you can do is really kill them all. Say amen. You'll understand that in a minute. Because if you don't, they're going to come back. They're going to go and reform and restructure and and build another army and come back. That's why in chapter 15, we're going to see it the next time, God tells Israel to go in and kill all the people, the children, the men, women, children, the dogs, the cats, the babies, the, the boys, the girls, everybody. So that they don't have opportunity to reform and come back at you later and rebuild their army and fight against you another day. So now that Jonathan and the Israelites have the Philistines on the run, this is the time to run them down and kill every single one of them, men, women, and children. But listen, they don't do that. I'll tell you what I mean in just a minute. I've titled this sermon, The Perils of Pride. 1 Samuel chapter 14 says, we pick up in verse 24. If you're looking at verse 24, go ahead and look at verse 24 and say amen. Amen. And the men of Israel were, what saints? Distressed that day. We're talking about the day of battle. For Saul had placed the people under an oath saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of the land came to to a forest and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was the honey dripping. But no one put his hand to his mouth for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with this oath. Therefore, Jonathan stretched out the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it into the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his countenance was what? Brightened. Well, then one of the people said, your father strictly charged the people with an oath saying, cursed is the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, my father has troubled the land. Look now. How my countenance is brightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of the enemies which they found. For now would there not have been a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? Now they had driven back the Philistines that day from Michmash to Agilon. So the people were very faint. 
And the people rushed on the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them, underline this, with blood. And that gross. And then they told, and I'll tell you why they did that. It's not their fault. Are you listening? Then they told Saul, saying, look, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. And so he said, you have dealt treacherously. You people have dealt treacherously. Roll a stone to me this day. And then Saul said, disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, bring me here every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat and do not sin against the Lord by eating with blood. And so every one of the people brought his ox with him that night and slaughtered it. And then Saul built an altar to the Lord, underline verse 35. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he built to the Lord. That is very telling. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If I'd been in the military... I, at this point in time, I would not want to have been in Saul's army because Saul is crazy. (laughs) Say amen. Amen. Say it again. Saul is crazy. The Bible tells us on the day of the battle, the men of Israel were what? Verse 24, the men of Israel were what? Distressed. They were distressed. And King Saul came up with a bright idea to call a fast. Now again, Jonathan and his armor bearer had just gotten the great victory, and then all the other Israelites joined in the battle. At this, might I say, rare time in Israel's history, the Philistines are hightailing it. Let's get out of here, because they were getting whooped. Now remember I told you that the Israelites were worshipers and not warriors. They don't know how to fight. They don't know how to do battle. The Philistines are very skilled and scary militarily. The Philistines are a brutal war machine, really. Israel didn't have any weapons. They had no blacksmith. So for Israel to be winning a battle against the Philistines is a big deal. I don't know much about strategy. I haven't been to war college. Remember, we've been talking about war college. I'm still stuck on war college. I've been stuck on war college for a month. I haven't been to war college, but I do know that when you're beating your enemy, keep beating them. Amen. Don't stop beating them until there's none of them left. Amen. Maybe I'm talking like this because I'm from Philly, y'all, and this is how we do, okay? I don't know. This is a time to really wipe them out, to finish them, to kill them all. But what, doesn't, what does King Saul do? He calls a fast. Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. Now listen, at a glance, doesn't that sound really spiritual? What could be more spiritual than to say, let's all get together and fast? Let's set the whole army aside and everybody fast unto the Lord. Sounds spiritual, doesn't it? We want God to do a great work, so let's fast. It's so spiritual and it sounds so right. And Saul says, I'll enforce it with a curse. So if you don't fast and you do this spiritual thing, you'll be cursed. So get the scene. Saul gets everybody together. 
He says, now, everybody raise your right hand. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. I will not eat until tonight. Go ahead and say it. I will not eat until tonight. I mean, I'm just giving this to y'all. But if you want to be interactive, okay, fine. I will not eat until tonight. I, I practiced this, so y'all have to watch this. I, have not eat, I will not eat until tonight. Go ahead and say it. I will not eat until tonight. If I eat a snack before evening, a curse will come on me and my family and my German shepherd forever. Go ahead and say it. If I eat a snack before evening, a curse will come on me and my family and my German shepherd forever. And everybody said, amen. Okay, this is probably the way it looked. And this is probably one of the stupidest things that Saul has ever done. And yet it looks and sounds so spiritual, but listen, if you're taking notes, please write this down. It's wrong. And before I tell you why it's wrong, can I say this? Can we as Christians knock off the spiritual talk? It's annoying. Amen. The spiritual language is annoying. Everything's got to be spirit. We've got to couch everything in spiritual jargon. Can we just knock that off and be real people and stop coming across like every word out of our mouth has to be dripping with God's holy word? Amen. Okay, be that as it may. You can do something that sounds and looks so spiritual and is wrong. Got a pen? Let me give you four reasons why calling a fast is wrong. Number one, it was wrong because Saul's focus was wrong. Please look at verse 24 again. Nobody eat, he said, until I have taken vengeance on my enemies. Saul's focus isn't on the Lord. It isn't on the people. It's on himself. We've said it before. Saul's Achilles heel is pride. It's a characteristic of Saul's life. Saul was not humble. The focus is on Saul. There's problems with this. Number one, the battle isn't Saul's, it's the Lord's. The enemies aren't Saul's enemies, they're the Lord's enemies. Are you listening? When you're fighting for the Lord, you aren't being avenged. It's the Lord in his glory that's being avenged. And if this is the way that Saul feels, then he should take vengeance on his enemies, that he should take vengeance on his enemies, then why doesn't he just fast for himself? Saul's desire is not the glory of the Lord. It's the glory of Saul. Learn something. Even in the midst of doing something so spiritual, your focus can still be on yourself. I have seen it a hundred times in churches, and so have many of you, where there is a call. You've been in a church where there was a call by the leadership that we're all going to fast as a church. And maybe the Lord put that burden on your heart. I'm not saying it never happens that the Lord doesn't put it on the pastor's heart, but more often than not, the Lord puts that burden on your heart, on my heart. And oftentimes in the ministry, I'm telling you this is the way it goes. Oftentimes when the Lord puts a burden on the pastor's heart, he mistakes it to mean that this is something that God wants all the people to do. When in fact, God wants you to do it. So then he comes to the pulpit and he says, well, you know, we're all going to fast. Yep, we're all going to fast and and we're all going to commit this time to the Lord. And what happens is the focus 
is many times to show how spiritual you are. The second reason the command to fast was wrong was because his motive was wrong. Not only was his focus wrong, his motive was wrong. I believe two things was motivating Saul. Last week we saw Jonathan, his son, had pushed back the Philistine army. And this was a great victory for Israel. And Saul said in chapter 14, verse 18, you can peek there if you like, bring me the Ark of the Covenant. Listen, it wasn't time for a prayer meeting. It was time to mount up on the horse and grab your garden tools and farm equipment because that's what the weapons that Israel had. Y'all listen to me. The weapons that Israel had to go to battle, I told you they were worshipers, not warriors. And the Philistines controlled people's ability to make weapons. So nobody had any weapons. Actually, we learned from chapter 13 that it was Saul and Jonathan were the only two that had weapons among all of Israel at that time. So it wasn't time for them to, you know, to have a prayer meeting. It was time for them to grab their garden tools and their farm equipment and chase those Philistines and kill as many as they could. Saul is motivated by false spirituality. Saul was so insecure, he wanted people to see how spiritual he was. So he says, bring the ark and let's pray. You know, oftentimes I find people who want to always pray in front of other people have some insecurity problems. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with always, nothing wrong with wanting to pray. Nothing wrong with always wanting to pray. But when you always want to pray, when people are around. Don't we all know people like that? Every time, you know, something, oh man, I hit my foot, my big toe is aching. Oh, let's have a prayer. Come on. Let's have a prayer. You know, the one eyes, who's listening? Father, touch that toe. Maybe that's just me. Number three, it was wrong because his sense of authority was wrong. What do you mean, Rodney? Nowhere did Saul have the authority to pronounce a curse on people. If anybody had the authority, it would have been, take a guess, y'all, Samuel, not Saul. Samuel is a spiritual leader. Saul is a national kingly leader. And for that matter, if there was someone calling for a fast, it should have been Samuel. Saul doesn't mind stepping into Samuel's sandals, obviously, He's taking a spiritual authority, and that's wrong. Number four, commanding the fast was wrong because the punishment was wrong, and it wasn't equal to the offense. It was a little heavy-handed, don't you think? If you eat any food, you're cursed and you're going to die. If Saul had said, listen, I'm going to fast, and if anyone wants to join me, great. If Saul had made this fast a voluntary fast, he still would have been out of order, but at least a better example, and more honoring toward God. I can't think in all the years, actually I was sitting thinking today, and I can't think in all of the 18 years that I've passed through this church that I've ever stood here and said, we're all going to fast. I can't really think of, I can't remember a time I've ever done that. I remember plenty of times when the Lord said, Rodney, I want you to fast from 8 to 12. Uh, Rodney, I want you to fast breakfast, breakfast and lunch. I want you to fast breakfast and lunch and dinner. I'm like, God, you sure we want dinner? Can, can we do breakfast and lunch? Come on. 
Nope, dinner. All right. For me. But for me to come to the pulpit and say God wants all of us to fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, well, that's a whole different story. You see what I mean? Sometimes we, we get that confused. Now, it's fine if you say, you know, I feel like the Lord's telling me to fast. And if I were to come to the pulpit and say, I feel like the Lord's showing me, telling me to fast. And hey, if any of you guys want to join me, that's great. I'm going to be fasting from this time to that time. That might be okay. But to command a fast and demand a fast and then to tag a curse onto it, Saul, what is wrong with you? Are y'all getting this? There's a problem here. We've seen it many times in churches. Uh-huh. We've all gone to churches where they'll say, well, you know, we're all going to read the one-year Bible. Every, we're, gonna, we're all going to go through the one-year Bible every day. And again, guys, nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves. What is wrong is when we begin to impose that which God is showing us to do on other people. And then if they don't do it, then you people, or you're going to be cursed. That's where the problem comes in. So we're going to do the one-year Bible, and this is what God is showing me, and we're all going to take an oath, and because nobody wants to look unspiritual, everybody takes the oath. You don't have to take an oath before the Lord. God is not into vows. Listen, you need to write that down. God is not into vows, and God is not into oaths. God would rather you be motivated from your heart. And if it isn't in your heart to put yourself under an oath, it won't do any good for someone to force you to be under one. Now you can clap your hands. Now you can, because that's true. Saul thought he did something real spiritual, didn't he? I got the whole nation to fast. No, you're forcing them and manipulating them into fasting. And not only that, but your timing is all wrong. On the day that you're going to fight the Philistines in a hand-to-hand combat, on that day, you need all the strength you can get. You decide it's time to fast. Listen, when you're in warfare, you don't need to be distracted by a growling stomach. (laughs) Write that down. I don't need to be distracted by a growling stomach. And you know how it is. When you fast, if you've ever fasted, and I don't know if you have or you haven't, but if you ever fasted, you know how it is. Those first couple of four hours around, you know, 10 o'clock, you're feeling great. You feel spiritual. You feel awesome. You're like, ooh, yes, praise the Lord. I'm glowing. You're levitating. You are like, oh, yes, this is so awesome. I feel so close to God. Around 10. <laughs> But then you get to around one o'clock and you're a flesh monster and you tell people, don't talk to me. Come on, y'all say amen. I'm not, I'm not going to point you out. I just want you to say amen. That's it. And then you get home and now it's dinner time and you get home and the refrigerator starts talking to you. Yes. You walk by the refrigerator who, me? <laughs> Go ahead, open me. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm on a fast. Now you're talking in the refrigerator. You're crazy. Look! <laughs> Frigidaire. <laughs> 
I'm on a fast here. You know how it goes. That's how it goes. I mean, you know, and then Satan starts to play on that, and it, it just goes downhill from there. In our text, the troops are out reconning the area. Verse 25, please look at it. Some of the men come upon some honey. There was honey on the ground. There was honey dripping from the trees. Isn't that torture? There's honey everywhere, and I ain't talking about your wife. I'm talking about honey, honey. Honey, honey, honey is everywhere, honey, honey, honey. I like saying honey. It feels fun. Honey is everywhere, and they're probably exhausted, and they need that sugar rush. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.